2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Audio only today, no video, even if you're watching on YouTube. But don't be afraid to smash the like button to the episode and subscribe to mayo media network plus there's an audio giveaway for anyone who wants to jump on the pat mayo experience apple podcast feed you leave a five-star review you say something nice about the show you leave your twitter handle or your email address and you're in the draw for a hundred american dollars which will be given away on monday's pat mayo experience with jeff feinberg so tune in then to see if you won after you leave the five-star review and follow everything that goes along with it like i said like the episode, subscribe to the channel, and let's just get into it because Davis Maddock is joining me from the TakeCast today to explain a bunch of things I don't quite understand. Uh, and here's the fun part, I Davis, I can't really push back on you on a lot of this stuff, so you need to be accountable for what's real and what's not with what you say.
1: Um, I mean, I will, I will do my best. I also, will, you know, I I don't claim to be a financial expert, mostly. My interest in, in all of this is just—I find financial markets fascinating, and uh, you know, I'm always looking out to try and make a quick buck. So, I, I there there will certainly be things I say that could be wrong, right? Could could just be not accurate.
2: All right, good. So the people know this going in, but you know more about this stuff than I do. You're far more plugged into it. You're doing a lot of this trading anyway, and there's a bunch of it right now. I just. It's funny because I'm pretty plugged into the online world, but I don't understand any of this shit. And I would imagine that there's a lot of people out there who just completely, like, they hear about what's going on and, like, that's it. Like, when it comes to, I mean, as we're speaking right now, we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. So maybe a lot has changed by the time this gets released on Friday morning. But, like, is the Robinhood app, like, still down? You can't, like, buy certain stocks on it? You can only sell?
1: You can buy and trade normal stocks, you know, quote unquote normal stocks still here. Let me, let me uh, log into my account real quick. So let me just click on uh, DKNG, for example, I could buy this if I wanted to, uh, I could sell some of my DKNG, but if I went to AMC, which is one of the meme stocks, uh, I can close out my position, which means that I can sell the shares of AMC that I have, but I'm not allowed to purchase additional shares of amc which uh is uh pra- quite frankly it's uh, it's bullshit
2: so i mean you're one who rails for socialism at all times and regulation at all times um why do you have a problem with this it seems like uh, the free market should be allowed to be the free market but it has to be that way across the board for everyone doesn't it yeah i mean my my opinion would be that if
1: you're at least going to pretend that there is a free market uh, then, then you can't just change the rules because you feel like changing the rules, right? Um, so, if if the market is going, and w- what we all know is that there is no such thing as a free market. The the system and the the legality of stock trading and of taxation exists in such a way to keep poor people poor and to keep rich people rich. Uh, I I would say a, a huge chunk of people listening to this podcast are of that opinion. Um, you know, they, they think that the Republicans are corrupt and the Democrats are clueless, which, which by and large is true. And this is just the, the 900th example of the famous George Carlin line. It's a big club and you ain't in it. Um, but ver- very rarely in American history do you see things like this happen so obviously. Like normally a company that was trying to defraud you and cheat you would do so in a nefarious or underhanded way as opposed to just coming out and saying, we're cheating you.
2: So I guess my question is that what is the reason behind stopping okay. this? Is it to protect the giant hedge funds that are bleeding money? Is there an ownership stake in Robinhood that, you know, maybe they're losing money at the same time? Cause it would seem to me like if you're this app, you would want as much trading as possible because you would get commission off of each sale that's made or each trade that's made. So they're losing money doing this at least, from the way that I see, it. am I wrong about that?
1: Well, so Robinhood does not charge commissions for trades, right? So, so the the entire thesis behind Robinhood was uh, we will offer you free trading so that we can sell your information to institutional investors, right? They 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 sell uh, retail investment information to all these different um, larger firms. More specifically, in the case of Robinhood, a large investment firm named Citadel either owns part or has a relationship with the Robinhood founders. This investment firm, Citadel, was getting absolutely wrecked on GameStop shorts, which is – and I believe AMC shorts, though I think that is a little bit less clear at this point. But essentially, they – the the people who were funding or having a financial relationship with Robinhood were just saying, "You need to reverse this, or else you know we are going to get absolutely crushed." And the people at Robinhood, I'm sure, did a cost benefit analysis and said, um, "We would rather spend the money fighting off lawsuits that we're going to get than lose this funding or this relationship with Citadel."
2: This has to be good news for cryptocurrency, right? Well
1: yeah, I mean why I it, we we've already seen um a bounce in in terms of cryptocurrency value today. Uh it it fell yesterday, but I mean it this this basically justifies all of the thesis statements behind why people uh wanted to be invested and want to transact in cryptocurrency anyways, which is uh no one no one can stop you. Um you you can just make whatever transaction you want whenever you want. Uh, I mean, even something as simple as the Bitcoin market never closes. Uh, it's actually true that Bitcoin has traded for more hours on Earth than the S&P 500 just due to the nature of the market because it never closes.
2: Uh, I brought this up last week on the show. Is that, are we past the point where people think that Bitcoin is going to be an actual currency or is it just a stock now? There,
1: I mean, there are still um, some purists certainly, who who believe that Bitcoin is uh, a currency, something you can transact in, and something you'll hear a lot is about um, the the Lightning Network, which makes payments easier. I don't know. I mean, I never have... I, I, well, I guess I have spent money on things in Bitcoin in the past, but immediately after doing so, I transacted more USD back in... To Bitcoin because uh, I I didn't want to spend Bitcoin I I would rather hold it there there maybe is more future for stuff like uh, Ethereum and some of those other cryptocurrencies to be used more like actual currency
2: yeah so that was kind of the the point I was because I remember there was that article that got released like a week and a half two weeks ago is like you know bitcoin is dead uh and it was a pretty catchy headline i think it got a lot of clicks i saw it trending and then people were like very triggered Uh, bitcoin people very triggered by a lot of things online or or do you get mad when people talk shit about bitcoin
1: the only thing that makes me upset is when people should know better but don't um, like when they say things about Bitcoin that are not true and then they, they do, they, they do the, uh, like, I don't care. I'm, I'm, i like the, I don't care thing. It's like, I don't, I don't see much value in being willfully ignorant of anything. So when people are willfully ignorant about something that has like, you know, a uh, uh, what is it? Half a trillion dollar market cap at this point. It's like, who, like, why is it cool to you? to be ignorant, like what's the, what's the point that that's the only thing that triggers me. But like, I don't care if people are like, Oh, Bitcoin's stupid or it's too volatile. It's like, well, whatever. You're just costing yourself money at that point. Like that doesn't bother me.
2: But the point of the article was not that Bitcoin was valueless or was, wouldn't be worth a ton of money. It was that as a currency and what it first started out to be is actually dead because it is just a stock. And I kind of agree with that thesis.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that Bitcoin can be whatever you want it to be, right? There was the original white paper, but Bitcoin doesn't have a government. Bitcoin doesn't have a board of directors. Bitcoin doesn't have people who, who draft out a mission statement. If you want to transact in Bitcoin, uh, you're, you're more than free to do so. But a, a large part of what people see in Bitcoin is just that it is an immutable store of value that uh, the corrupt United States federal government can't do anything about.
2: When did you catch on to this GameStop stuff? Because I saw it trending on Twitter. And I guess that's the other part of it, too. Because it became a mainstream story like Jim Cramer is trying to explain it on Mad Money the next morning or the day after. But, like, real time while this is going on. How did you wrap your mind around, like, did you understand the entire cons? Because I'm still kind of cloudy on what happens. Like, based on what I can glean is that there was a group of – there was a giant hedge fund that tried to short the GameStop GameStop stock. And then there was Mm -hmm. a group of people on Reddit who were like traders uh, that decided to buy up all of this stuff to kind of go the other way and increase the value of the shares. And then it ended up going up and the hedge fund lost a bunch of money. Is that, is that basically what it is?
1: Well, do you know, you know what a short is, right? Like essentially a bet that a, that a stock will trade at a lower price in the future.
2: I, I understand the concept of shorting a stock. I don't understand in practice how that actually works. Like, do I need to watch the big short again? Like, should I be buying a big short somehow, somehow try to monetize how much Netflix is going to make from people watching the big short this weekend?
1: Well, essentially a short is just a bet that a stock's price is going to be lower than it is currently at some point in the future. And then you, you have a date that you have to pay this short out by and these guys from reddit.com slash wallstreetbets figured out that this group melvin capital had massive gamestop shorts in and effectively what happens is it's called a it's called a short squeeze and there are there are many more educated people out there than me who can explain even more clearly how this works but effectively uh, a short squeeze is a group of people, and and generally this this happens between uh, institutions themselves, and not between uh, retail investors and institutions. But you you buy up all the stocks, you go very very long on these stocks, and so you make it that um, the short becomes incredibly incredibly expensive because they're they're done shorts are done proportionally. So if you're off by a hundred percent, that means you have to pay a hundred percent the opposite way. It's it's uh, it's a very risky business. Um, trading on options, trading on margins—not something I've ever done. I am—I'm honestly too scared to do it. But these, essentially, these Reddit bros, got had enough available capital to put this hedge fund out of business. I mean, I mean, Melvin, Melvin Capital had to file bankruptcy as a result of uh, of these Bitcoin bros.
2: So, as a part of that hedge fund when we're talking about like hedge funds going out a business and losing billions and billions of dollars, it's not one person's money. It's not necessarily even one company's money. Like, aren't there regular people whose pension plans, retirement funds are all baked into this? Um, like, is, I don't know like, about, like, is, I don't know about it,
1: this specific one, but like, isn't there a real, you know cost? I mean?
2: yeah. But isn't there like a real cost to people who've been putting away for their retirement when stuff like this ends up happening? Isn't this essentially a lot like what happened in 2008? Um so that's kind of a hard question
1: because a lot of the times the when you are invested in a large hedge fund like this you don't necessarily get all of the dividends of their profit it's like you you enter into an agreement with them that you are going to earn 5% on your money no matter what and the benefit that they get out of that is that they can then use your money to turn whatever profits they may. Um, So in many ways, this is kind of just a a retribution for, you know, how many dollars these large firms have taken out of the American economy over the years. Um, Yeah. Uh, So I, so I, I don't think that is true 100%. Now, do people get screwed in the sense of My 401k, I've been been sitting there in ETFs for the last uh, 40 years and my ETFs cratered in value before I retired. Sure, yeah, they they could get screwed that way.
2: So that's been the one thing that I've kind of noticed is that- Especially with the people that like I follow online, so you know the use of the world, the individual people that like to go after basically internet money, and you know, is it an internet gamble to go do this stuff? Absolutely, and it seems like people are profiting off of it in big time. It's the people that are unaware. I feel bad for that. All this stuff is going on that they just might be losing their shirt, not even knowing it at this point.
1: Yeah. uh, So yesterday, you and I are recording this on Thursday, January 28th. Yesterday, we saw the market in general take about a two and a half percent dip in the S&P 500 and and the NASDAQ and everything. But everything is back up today. Everything, everything rebounded. um, Looks like all all the ETFs are back up um, that I own about two percent. And there's some individual stocks that are way, way up. Um, so it, it looks like the, the confusion and the, um, like fright that people had yesterday seems to be mostly gone.
2: Okay. Well, I guess that, that that's a good news. I wouldn't want to see anyone like lose their home or their retirement out of this. And that would be, just be horrible.
1: Like, that's why I was well, thinking some but- of the, some of the wall street bet guys are going to some, some of the people who are involved, um, with the, with this are going to lose everything.
2: I have less empathy for those people because this is their business and this is what they're trying to do. It would be the bystanders who were – Reasonably, at least in their minds, trying to put away for their retirement or setting stuff aside, and, you know, trying to put it into a five percent growth year over year trying to thing like taking a certain percentage of their paycheck every week, dumping it into investment so they can have something for the time that they retire. That you know, I would actually, I do feel bad if people are losing out that way. You know, the, the Wall Street guys like again, this is their business. They they made their bet. It's like if I if I bet on the Super Bowl and I bet ten thousand dollars on the Chiefs to cover minus three, and they. Win by two, you know that's my fault.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah, and I mean the the larger thing that people should be worried about is just the the general health of um, the American financial system because uh, it's not healthy. So that's uh, that's not great for people who are putting five dollars, you know, putting five percent of their paychecks away, but. Those people are going to lose their shirts, regardless of what the guys from Wall Street bets are doing. If the if there is a, a market collapse,
2: how is, you're in Kansas City, right? Or the the outskirts? I'm in of? St. Louis. You're in St. Louis. That's St. Right. Louis. I always forget that. Yeah, yeah. Has St. Louis adopted the Chiefs as a team now that the Rams are gone, or is it just still Rams or just whatever?
1: It's it's like no one no one cares about football here. Uh, Hockey hockey is the is hockey and baseball are the are the big things here. It's very. It's very bizarre. Like, you know, the the one time a house I, I leave I, the one time a week that I leave the house to go to the store or whatever, generally speaking, I will uh, I'll throw on a
2: Chiefs jersey or
1: something. And no, I, I literally I can't remember ever getting a comment about it.
2: Interesting. So it's not like Super Bowl fever. I mean, you're a Chiefs. I mean, you're a Mahomes fan. So you must yeah. be like fired up for the Super Bowl.
1: Very excited. I mean, I, uh, I I have tickets on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, um, uh, futures from earlier in the year. But what I think my my new thing is like uh, just like watching Mahomes become the greatest athlete of all time to the point where like like okay, no matter what LeBron James ever does, people who watch you know people who are 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 fifty or whatever, they'll just never say that LeBron is as good or close to to uh, Michael Jordan. But I, I would like for Mahomes to be so dominant that the boomers have no choice and that they just have to say that he is the greatest football player of all time. And I, so I'm really enjoying
2: that. L- losing to Brady is not going to help that case. Correct.
1: If he loses to Brady, uh, which seems unlikely to me, uh that will not help you're you are 100 percent correct
2: yeah that, that'd probably be bad news for that case because he would be the guy that he's chasing <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's uh the train and, and yeah i mean then the you know the head-to-head and everything yeah that that will not be that will not be good i i think the chiefs are a very bad matchup for the buccaneers
2: so back to the stocks for a second yeah, it, yeah. It, with robin hood shutting down i don't know where the pressure is coming from and why they like you've said they've done a cost benefit of this uh and it seems to be pissing a lot of people off who have gotten into this uh in terms of actual trading like either yourself i've just seen a lot of people right now there was always sort of the protection to look out for you know the big wall street firms but Mm -hmm. with so many people diversifying and just independently rich internet rich people basically having basically galvanized behind this gleaned onto it that is there enough pressure from basically the non-gigantic firms from independent rich people who are either trading in cryptocurrency or buying these shares that there's enough pressure to maybe make some changes to this?
1: I I think the problem is, is they've already made their bed as it pertains to this like specific thing. So I I think that let's say right now I log back into my, Robinhood account and I am allowed to to buy um AMC or GameStop like my my relationship with um, Robinhood is is done like I'm I'm not trading on their platform anymore I'm I'm getting all of my stocks and my money off of there and I assume that that is the case with many people um the 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 great the the great line that is going around I and I don't want to take credit for this cuz many other people have said it but if if a product is free and it works, and, and you have money on that platform. Uh, you are the product, not the not the consumer, which is true as it pertains to Robinhood. You know, our our data that was powering Robinhood is is I mean, it's coming home to roost now, essentially.
2: What's the recourse for this? Like, people are going to launch lawsuits, but how is they that? won't win though? I mean, if they win, it's going to be like years from now, won't it? Like isn't there shouldn't there be some sort of like SEC fine for this? Uh I mean the SEC is probably likely to side
1: with the the corporate interests. I I don't the the SEC very rarely is going to side with with the common man on something like this.
2: All right. Let's move off this because I mean the, that's basically my general understanding. Thank you for explaining that a bit more to me, but at the same time I still don't get it uh of like, If you're not one of the first people in in pumping this stock up and buying it at the price, like who is buying GameStop at 300 bucks a share? I guess is my question. Like they're the people who are going to get screwed, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, it and it did get up even higher. I think it did get up to even like $400. But yeah, it's people who find out about it late. People who maybe don't understand exactly how, uh, you know, finance and stock markets work. I mean, I saw some posts from these Reddit threads, um, you know, from folks being like, I've never bought a stock before, but I want to be involved in this, you know, uh, how do I make an account? How do I get verified? You know, so on and, uh, and so forth. And I, I am like you, I am worried that, um, it's going to be an uncomfortable ride for, for those type of folks.
2: Have you gotten into, what is it? Top shots yet? Yeah, I,
1: uh, I love top shots. I mean, it is, it is sort of all of my interests, uh condensed into like one thing like internet investing blockchain nba sports cards like it's I I uh I think it's
2: great. So where is the actual value in these things? Is it in the blockchain part of it? Like I, I can't understand how these are valuable whatsoever. Uh what do you what are you are you talking about the store of value?
1: Like where does where does No, like Uh, let's say
2: let's say I want to buy a Top Shots, and it's like five thousand bucks, and I buy it. Why is that worth five thousand dollars? Like, how in the hell is that worth five thousand dollars for something I can go look up on YouTube and watch?
1: Why why is um, Why is the Mona Lisa worth twenty million dollars? You just look at it. Sure, you can't do anything with it.
2: But it's you know that is a an original one of a kind painting, and it's a very historical painting at this point, so it's very very old.
1: But I could I can I can I can Google it. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the a picture of the Mona Lisa
2: as we speak. True, but you also very very moving. But you are you are not looking at the original print of it, and it's the original print that is worth the value. What you have in buying like a highlight is something that's easily accessible, exactly the same everywhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my thing would be, I'm, I'm super into digital scarcity in general. Um, like, uh, not these non fungible tokens. I think they're fascinating. And I see just a very interesting market overall. Like I think this, I think this is a, a totally fascinating market. And I think that this specific product, I think it's just going to exist for a long time. I, I think that, um, they are, I think they've done a, a great job with, with the, the product as it exists. Like, it's just very, it's very flashy. Uh, it immediately holds your attention. Like, it's just, it's just really interesting to me. And the, the value comes from the scarcity, the you know, the value, and you can, you can see exactly where uh, your, your item originated. You can see its transaction history. You can see it on the blockchain if you want, which I think is really cool.
2: I think you're going to have to explain this to me more. I still don't understand how this is any different than me just watching that clip on TV. Like, I, I would get it. And this is what I was talking through somewhat last week when I was trying to wrap my mind around it. Like, if ESPN had to come to you to license that clip, if they wanted to show it, that would be one thing. But they don't need to do that. So I don't understand what's original about what you've bought.
1: What you... Well, what you have bought is a unique moment that exists on the blockchain and if it's if it's something that like i mean
2: i don't do you own sports cards like any new sports cards? i think i have a box of like old old school cards at my mom's place from like 30 years ago but no i'm not buying new sports cards that, that's a feinberg thing and that also seems like a real internet money type of thing at the moment like it's it's real hot yeah i mean it's I'm real not, hot I'm right now i'm not
1: saying <laughs> i'm not saying it's not I'm not saying it's not an internet money thing. I'm not saying it's not a fad. I'm just saying that to me personally, I think it's fascinating. Like I think it is super cool and it, it totally has captured my imagination for the time being.
2: But is that because now, does the value to you come from it existing on the blockchain and you believe in blockchain technology or is it just like, this is a really cool highlight? Like that's the part that I don't get.
1: I think it's a really cool thing that I can tell someone about the website, they can use it, and they don't even really have to understand the concept of the blockchain to think it's cool and to use it. But to me, the fact that it's on the blockchain is awesome. And I just like, I love like the mo- like the moments I own, I think are, I mean, some of them I, I am buying kind of as investments, but some of them that I own, like I just think that are really cool. And I like having the collection, but to me, I don't really get so much hung up on the idea of, like, physical versus digital. Like, to me, it's it, the, those borders are so blurred anyway that it just doesn't really bother me.
2: So, essentially, it's like a digital card. Like, the, the, yeah. with Feinberg buying every Herbert that's available, he could be doing the same thing digitally, buying every Herbert highlight if those existed.
1: Uh, yeah, but the, I wish the, I wish the NFL had this, they would, it would be like their most popular thing ever, but they, they does not exist for the NFL as of yet.
2: I'm curious to see if this stuff retains its value because it seems like right now, like the, the market is just buy, 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 buy. This is new you know, you can throw in blockchain into it. You can throw the NBA, which is a very online sport to begin with. And it seems like you're getting all these investors and propping up this market. I'm very curious to see where this rests six months from now, like if it's worth anything at all. It could be worth a hundred times what it's worth. It just, I, to me, trying to understand it and how you've explained it to me, I, don't, I still don't quite understand where the value rests in this.
1: Uh, Well, just, I mean, anything that someone is investing in online, you could just assume that the value rests in how scarce it is. Like that, that is just the, the general idea. Um, And and if you, if it doesn't make sense to you, uh, I mean, that's what I've just been telling people is if you think this is stupid, if you think this doesn't make sense, then, then just don't buy it. Like I, like, you know what I mean? Like there, there are enough, I mean, this, the traffic on this website like like is growing exponentially every single day so i i feel confident that there is still a group of people who are very into it overall.
2: Oh, no, I see that there's a ton of people into it. And th- the reason that I have questions about it and I'm trying to understand it is because the people that I see investing in this are generally the people that I associate with being either you know rich people, smart people, good investors. But I'm curious now that if we're at the point with all of these different types of ways to purchase things, not necessarily purchase things online, but like digital only or very internet Internet talked about internet-based stuff that, if you weren't on the internet, you wouldn't know would exist, essentially, as a market, which I'm not saying is good or bad in any sort of way, is that are people just kind of scattershotting, because they have a lot of money, into all of these things, and hopefully one of the ten hits So in 10 years' time, like nine of the investments are going to be absolutely worthless, but the goal would be that one of them is worth a lot of money and pays for everything times 10. Like That's what I'm wondering right now. Is there one that's better than the other, or does no one really know? These markets are so volatile, we don't know where they're going to be, but these people have enough capital in general that they're okay with wasting it.
1: I would say that no one who is rich got there by investing in things they didn't believe in. Um so I would say, I would say it is probably un- unlikely that you know rich people who are investing in top shots are doing so. Uh, frivolously, that doesn't mean they're not. That just would be that just would be my my guess uh, on the situation.
2: But I, I but I don't think it's necessarily dependent on one thing versus another thing in terms of what the product is. Like you said, this thing is blockchain based. So maybe someone is you know who's, who was big into Bitcoin, big into blockchain. That anything uses blockchain technology to verify that something is unique and real and secure is that anything that uses that technology, regardless of what the product is, that they might just buy shares of or try to get in on in case this is the one that explodes, irregardless of whether this f- physical thing, the top shots is actually going to be worth anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is how, that is personally, that's how I feel is I just, I would invest in anything with blockchain tech that worked. Cause I think it's, uh, I, I mean, I think it's the future. And I think there will be one of these products, you know, some, some blockchain product is going to be a killer app that changes the way that people live online. Now, I I don't, I think Top Shots has a chance to be a killer app. I mean, obviously it's not going to change the way we live our lives online, but I do think that it is a product that has like almost uncapped potential in terms of how high it can grow.
2: What is, so if you were trying to give me your personal range of outcomes for this, what is, you know, the max projection for you and what's the floor projection for you? Like what what's a percentage this just goes to zero and it's absolutely worthless?
1: Um let's goes to zero. I would say something like uh five to ten percent that it just goes, you know, that that it's it, it sits at zero and it's like uh, you know, it's it's like your your pogs that sit in the back of your closet and then um like you know, two to two to five percent that it becomes um the most dominant way to interact with uh the nba online and that they develop like a a sick fantasy game that goes along with the cards that uh top shots is advertising you know with with inside the nba during those thursday night tnt games like two to five percent sounds about right
2: This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know with me, as I've talked about before, the winter, the cold, the darkness, it just gets me down. Uh, I need to find ways to get around that. And maybe talking it through is something that I need to go do and BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. And this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. And the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor and you'll get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone session so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more than affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. This one about Anthony Penn. After counseling with Anthony Penn for two weeks on issues concerning depression, stress, anxiety, relationship issues, family concerns, trauma, and abuse, grief, self-esteem, he does a great job listening and giving me counsel. That's one of the reviews from Anthony Penn at BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mayo that's Better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Pat Mayo experienced listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Mayo is there a sport that could really break? Like if the NFL started doing this, would that make it far more valuable or is the more sports that get involved with this, does it become, you know, not necessarily mass produced. Cause each of these is going to be an individual moment. Like, could I buy Tiger Woods' putt at the players on 17 better than most like that one? Like, is that, is that going to be in the future? Yeah. If,
1: if, if, that existed for the NFL the, the NBA top shots market would, uh, I think, not have very much attention. And I think everyone would flock to the NFL. I think the thing you see with the NBA, though, is that they are just so much more forward-looking than other sports leagues. And that's why they're there first. And that's why this is an officially licensed product. Um, I I don't – I would imagine that some other leagues would would start to monitor this if it got truly, truly, like, insanely popular – but I don't, I don't know if that is on the horizon yet. Um, I do know that there was a, there was a a front page story, uh, this last week on, on NBA.com, uh, with NBA top shots, like being explained essentially.
2: Okay. But as soon as NFL gets into this market, everyone's NBA stuff is going to go down in value.
1: Yeah. I just, I would project that to happen. Um, many, many years from now, like many, many years from now.
2: I don't know. The, the NFL like, gener- generates a lot of revenue. If there's, if there's a buck to be made, eventually they're going to they're gonna figure it out and then smash everyone else in their way.
1: They, they do generally generate a lot of revenue, but that makes them lazy. They, gen- they generate a lot of revenue without doing anything. And uh, I think that that could probably keeps them out of this space, at least in terms of official licensing for at least a little while.
2: Now, now you mentioned pogs i have you know the dust collecting on a mint con, mint condition. i don't even know what these are how do you not know what pogs are are you that young i'm i'm 28 years old so yeah, i never owned a pog you miss it so the so pogs weren't banned at your elementary school like they were at mine so i still have the very yeah. first set of official pog mint condition in a closet somewhere um back at my mom's place or my grandparents place you'd have to think that with gamestop amc nokia like should i try like is can, can i buy like old school blockbuster shares somewhere like if all this stuff that's kind of irrelevant and worthless yes, is going you, up you in can. prices that should, should i start buy? like are we gonna see like another rejuvenization of like the action figure market like all of this stuff
1: i think that's already a thing i think action figures already sell for for some money
2: I think they do. But now that everything is kind of coming back around again, like sports cards were worth a lot of money, but now they're really worth a lot of money. Are we going to see that for all of these other like collectible type things from 30 years ago too? Um, You might see like,
1: you know, you'd be able to sell them for some money. It's just like the market has a limited attention span, you know, but I I bet, I bet you could sell the OG limited edition pogs mint condition still in the box for like some some amount of money i don't know a nice steak dinner or something
2: well they're not well, it's obviously not in the box i had to take them out of the box in order to yeah. see if i had because you know this was 1994 right. 1995 um you didn't just leave the stuff in the box back then you took it out because that's yeah that was the whole purpose of buying them
1: yeah that's weird i mean i i if i bought some collectible thing now i would never
2: take it out of the box
1: isn't that sad
2: it is it's super sad like it, it it's really sad. Yeah, maybe that's the it reason is. that I'm I not mean, like. totally bummer. Maybe that's like the reason that I'm not like totally into this because I find the entire process just incredibly sad. Like all the stuff that yeah. was supposed to be made for enjoyment is now just. It, it's no different than again. I've done this to myself horribly over the years. Like everything I've had as a hobby and really enjoyed to do, I've basically yeah, it tried it to into mo- money. I've basically tried to monetize it in my life, and now I just enjoy it less, and that's not good
1: yeah i mean that is uh that's the battle when you when you work online and you work in content is you you do you just want to you just want to monetize everything
2: like one of the main reasons that i stepped back from like, i used to do a challenge recap show every single week which i really enjoyed to do it was a fun show but it took the fun out of watching the challenge for me the challenge yeah Yeah. and i love tuning in it's one of my favorite shows it's an hour and a half i turn on my wife and i watch it we sit on the couch i'm not on my phone i don't know what's gonna happen i sit through the commercials i love watching it live and now i'm back to doing that i get real enjoyment out of it for an hour and a half every single wednesday night now now that i don't have to like take notes during the show to think about "Hell, what am i going to talk about about this episode like there's nothing to do with that it's now just a part of my life i enjoy again and I feel like we're going to swing back that way at some point that all of this stuff that's meant for fun, that everyone has tried to monetize. People are just going to get sick of trying to monetize. There's always going to be people who are going to try to monetize it, but people are just eventually going to get fed up that they're just like sad with their day-to-day lives that they have no enjoyment anymore in anything.
1: Yeah. That's like, that's like star Wars for me, where I just have been like, I'm not, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do a whole thing. I just am going to, you know, watch, watch the shows and the movies and whatever. And I can talk about it on a podcast, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be too crazy with it.
2: Yeah. You don't want to be two hours a day down Reddit deep dives, talking about conspiracy theories inside of star Wars. You don't want to be that guy. No, no, I really don't want to be
1: that guy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That would be, that would be a nightmare. But it does seem like there's a lot of people who have taken the fun out of everything in their lives. I, I, you know, and like I said, I worry about some of the, especially with, I think we're recording this on yeah, have you seen the Bell? Let's talk stuff. That the hashtag. Yeah, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a Canadian company. Bell is like a major telecommunications provider up here. So yeah, th-
1: Alexander Graham Bell.
2: Sure, I mean he didn't start the company, but uh, you know you can name stuff. He out. didn't. I don't think so. No. I I just
1: I literally have for as long as I've existed. I just assumed that's what that meant.
2: I mean, I think it's th- because he invented like telephone inter. What, what did Graham Bell invent? It was like intercontinental telephone service. I remember seeing the Canadian heritage moment of him. Was it up on Signal Hill? Or was it, yeah, I think it was up on Signal Hill, getting like the feed from England coming through. I think that's what it was. I'm no historian yeah. when it comes down to it. I'm I, no historian I, I, either. I think the company is just named after him, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean i assumed he was i guess it doesn't really matter i assumed he was the
2: inventor well when was this invented let's see well bell media itself was founded in 2011 so that's when it became like a so it's, key-
1: it's just it's just a it's just a kitschy title
2: it's it's not a terrible no. name
1: he he co-founded the american telephone and Telegraph at&t
2: okay I'm just trying to see. Bell Canada Enterprises merged with CTV. It's, it's just a whole bunch of different stuff now. Like entertainment and telecommunications properties all rolled into one company. That's called Bell Media.
1: Yeah. So did we get to the bottom of the case?
2: I don't think so. But you know, that that's kind of what we what we end up anyway. That's kinda what that's kind of what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we try to talk things through and then forget what we were talking about. No, the the Bell uh the the mental health uh, that, that's what it means is the they donate like, I think, five cents per hashtag used to you know, upgrading mental health and different nonprofits kind of thing. I don't know if it's worldwide or if it's just within Canada, although the, the hashtag itself and people talking about it um, tends to go more worldwide than anything. But I, I'm not sure if it's just something that's contained inside of Canada. Right. Anyway, there, there's a lot of that going on today, uh, as I've seen on my Twitter feed
1: um yeah I mean they they do this they do it once a year right
2: yeah I think I think it's always today I don't know what the 28th the January 28th means or if it's always a Thursday I really don't know the impetus behind it but you know I see that it's out there
1: I mean yeah I I would assume that people's mental health is uh is about as bad as ever
2: right well yeah that that was kind of the point like Especially with people's enjoyment going down trying people trying to squeeze every cent out of anything that they enjoy, and then just the overall mental health of everyone just deteriorating by the second as we get into you know almost year two of the pandemic. Uh, it can't yep. be. It can't be great out there. Like people should be talking to other people, whether it's you know an actual mental health professional. I think there's going to be an ad if people aren't listening to the like audio podcast of the show. But, like BetterHelp.com has been sponsoring the show on the audio side. So BetterHelp.com, BetterHelp.com, code Mayo get you a discount on like talking to like an online actual therapist. Um, and maybe you don't need to talk to an actual therapist about it, but just talking to someone like. I, i've been talking to a lot of my friends uh, whether i'm calling them or they're calling me just keeping in touch with people like having some semblance of you know interaction just yeah anything normal it's really weird man it, it, it's kind of fucked up it's not even kind of fucked up it it's is fucked it's,
1: up. it's extremely fucked up yeah i mean it's it's just uh humans are our social creatures we were not uh built to to be home alone in our uh our offices all day
2: you know do you think that people who the, the same people I talk about, the people who you and me and people who work in our industry and just work primarily online anyways, who have been trying to you know monetize everything in their lives as possible uh, to see if they can churn a profit out of it in this face of enjoyment, do you think that those people were better equipped to deal with what's going on right now because this is almost how they've been living their lives anyway?
1: Well, yeah, of course. I mean this is this. Uh, this time frame in human history where people are are working from home and they're having to be more self sufficient and everything like this is uh a lot easier on people who were predisp- uh, you know, predisposed to behave that way anyway. So yeah, hundred percent.
2: Have you bought any sports cards? Have you gotten to that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I bought sports cards. Uh, not not like a, a crazy amount of them, but it was it was actually because uh, I was buying these moments and I was like, fuck, these moments are expensive. They're so expensive. And I could just, I could go to, I could, I could just buy and buy and buy and never even get close to, uh, the, the total amount of them that I want. And physical sports cards are much cheaper. Uh, there's a greater variety. Obviously you can, you can buy other, you know, other sports and stuff. So I, it was, it was born out of, um, it was born out of my my top shots experience
2: how, how much do these digital moments cost? I actually have no idea
1: well it, it depends on uh, what type of digital moment there there are some that that sell for a buck uh, there are some that sell for a hundred thousand dollars so it's it just there there's a there's a wide range
2: what's the is there like an average cost of like a decent one like are we talking like five thousand bucks ten thousand bucks per like good digital moment like what what moment sold for a hundred thousand dollars like the lebron block down in the finals against the warriors
1: it was uh it was a lebron dunk um uh, a serial number one one of 25 i don't i don't know if that serial numbers are a thing in in regular card collecting as well um so i would say i would say there are three different types of cards uh common rares and legendaries uh the legendaries go for, you know, anywhere from five thousand to hundred thousand dollars. The rares are anywhere from hundred bucks to like fifteen thousand bucks. And then the commons are like one buck to like like a, I think a LeBron, which is the best you can get. The LeBron commons go for about five thousand. Wow. Okay. Or five, five, 500, my bad. 500.
2: 500, all right. So the sports cards that yeah. you're buying, like are you gravitating towards one sport in particular? I guess if you want to buy these NBA moments, you're probably not buying NBA sports cards.
1: Well, I can, I can look. I, uh, I, I created an account on Starstock, which basically they just keep all the cards at a
2: warehouse so you don't have to uh, uh, have, buy them. You, you don't have to have them with you on person? That sounds like fun.
1: Yeah. So, so I uh, I bought a bunch of prospect baseball cards, okay. like guys who could be good baseball players in the future. Um, I bought some autographed NBA cards, uh, Lugens, Dort, Jackson Hayes, Kendrick Nunn, um, And I've been looking at a bunch of football cards, but have not purchased any yet. I'm going to try and buy a super expensive Jalen Hurts card uh, at some point.
2: I can't imagine even baseball prospect cards at this point in the future being worth anything because people don't give a shit about baseball anymore.
1: So people like uh, people in the grand sense don't give a shit, but card collectors do care about baseball
2: just because baseball cards have been ingrained for so long, but I couldn't imagine forever, but I can't imagine that newer baseball cards, regardless of how rare they would end up being like, you're always going to have your outlier. But I would think that in terms of a growth market, that it's always going to be the old, old, old baseball cards that continue to press the prices through the roof where the new ones just probably won't have as much value as NBA or NFL right now.
1: That is true. But I mean, you know, imagine if, uh, if you, you buy a prospect card and the dude becomes the next, uh, like, you know, he wins the NL MVP in eight years or whatever. Yeah. Like, but, you, you, you but, just you, lock-
2: but even if you had the Mike Trout one right now, like, what is the most expensive Mike, Mike Trout card versus like the, I don't know, like it, the, 10th best quarterback under 30 like they're probably equivalent because more people care about the nfl right now and would want to buy that
1: no the most expensive trouts go for like millions of dollars do they yeah I, I mean obviously that those are not the type of cards that i would be buying but yeah there there's a there is a one of one or and uh there's a one of 10 mike trout that is go, that has sold for like 1.2 million dollars
2: okay that's that's interesting to know. Who would be the next guy behind Trout in terms of baseball card value right now?
1: Uh I literally have no idea. Uh probably Christian Yelich. Really? Rebel Yelich. I huh. Maybe no, pro- probably a pitcher, right? There there'd be there'd be some pitcher. I I literally wouldn't even know though.
2: But isn't that kind of the problem?
1: Yeah. No, no, you're you're right. That is that is the that is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I literally, someone you got tweeted us. If you, if you're like, you guys are an idiot, you're forgetting someone very obvious, but I, I don't think either Pat or I have any idea.
2: Like, would it be like Verlander or Scherzer? Like I've been at a baseball for so long. I don't even know who the top like, Trev- Trevor could be, Bauer. It,
1: it could be, it could be Verlander actually. Yeah. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of, of name of name cachet. People know who he is.
2: I would just worry that the the people who are buying cards in this space right now, because it's not just your old school collectors who are going to conventions or going to like the the local swap meet to find rare cards. It's people doing this online who are coming into the space for the very first time that I would just feel like baseball, unless it became... So rare that people invested into baseball that all that stuff became super high priced, super valuable. That I, I just don't imagine the baseball market expanding all that large because people just don't follow baseball enough.
1: Yeah, people people don't care. It, it, and any value, it's like you kind of get yourself into these traps where it's like, um, I'm only selling something that's valuable to other collectors who then want to turn a profit on it in the future like that's what you have. That's what you get in these really small markets. So I would imagine that that uh, is probably problematic.
2: Right. Anything else? Internet money wise you want to talk about? Is there anything I should be aware of?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I am interested to see if, uh, if people do actually take their money off of Robinhood. I, I am literally in the process of doing it as I'm talking to you right now. And, uh, it's, it's annoying and it's slow. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious if people actually have the wherewithal to stick through it.
2: Do you think that they like what would be the optimal outcome for people that have bought, whether it's GameStop or AMC or whatever, the next one that gets propped up? Like the more people that hold the money, the better it is for everyone. Right. But if people start selling, it's going to go down.
1: Yeah. for So for the um for the big financial institutions to not get absolutely killed on their shorts, they actually are like they should try and buy some of the stock back and you know, that's what they're doing right now. But obviously if you won't sell, right. If, if uh, we refuse, if we refuse to sell, then uh you know, what, what can you do? Right. Like there's, there's nothing they can do.
2: You got to band together.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is, that is the, the whole theory behind all of this, right. Just that if you, if you band together, uh there's there's nothing they can do I, which I don't know I mean I I think that the uh the common man stuff is uh is pretty cool uh even if it is
2: not going to not going to work all right anything to plug pump for what are you doing super bowl week uh
1: we'll be doing uh we'll be doing our uh we'll be doing our, our kate cast prop show that we always do me or me Sammy and Nate we do the we do the Gil cast um which is which is always fun before the Super Bowl. So look out, look out for that. Uh, and then two weeks from now or three weeks from now, we're doing the book club with Patrick Laird, Miami Dolphins running back. Um, so really, really looking forward to to that for Radical Markets, which is the best book I've read this year. Great book. Good book. Yeah, great, great book. Especially if you are one of the people who are incredibly frustrated with. the the financial markets and with both Democrats and Republicans in the government.
2: It's funny. This is the first time that we've made it through one of these shows in ages where we didn't talk about. It's funny that as soon as Trump left office, everyone just stopped caring about government and everything. Like I just look at my Twitter feed. I look at the top stories of the day. Everything that gets pushed through. None of it's really political anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I feel less impetus to tweet because. Nothing I say is going to make Biden do a good job like he's just going to kind of be average. Um, You know, I'll continue to vote in my local elections and everything. But I just know I'm going to be disappointed by Joe Biden and by the Democrats having uh, the supermajority. They're not going to do they're not going to do a good job. They're they're going to do bad. And uh, that's
2: disappointing. But even if they do a bad job, it doesn't seem like anyone cares anymore.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I still can't, especially with like the stimulus checks that they're doing right now, I, I think it's crazy um, that they, you know, don't have these stimulus checks out. Like, what are you, you know, what, what are you people doing? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, they, yeah, I you are right though. It's like people just don't care if Joe Biden does a bad job because people just hate the president a normal amount now instead of with a pathological hatred.
2: Well, that's the thing. Everyone who became these like, Political, not not experts, but like super interested in politics. It was hundred percent Trump based, either for or against. Now they just don't care; they're apathetic to the entire thing.
1: Yeah, which uh, I would say. Do you think that's? Do you think that is good or bad for the Republican Party?
2: I think it's a good thing for the Republican Party. I think it's just yeah, a good I thing. So I, I think it's just a good thing for people in general. Like if, they, if the Democrats were super savvy and really wanted to push through what they could push through uh, at like the most extreme level, they could probably get away with it pretty easy right now. They just they won't. They'll try to they'll try to appease everyone.
1: Yeah, they'll and they'll just they'll feel it's just like they are so fucking stupid. <laughs> They're so bad. And, and it's because they don't have, they don't have uh, a central guiding ideology. And and if you don't have that, you don't really have anything.
2: I mean, you cast a much wider net and then any like equal election, you'll probably win because you have more voters.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, But I mean, American elections are are not equal. They're super rigged. It's all, it's all very, it's all very, not, not rigged how you think, just all just very meandered. I mean, like states like South Dakota only exist to give Republicans more senators.
2: Was that that was the initial setup behind South Dakota? Was it?
1: Yeah. Well, there's no reason for there to be two Dakotas. <laughs> it's that like 800,000 people live in the two Dakotas combined. It just so, but it exists to have more Republican senators.
2: I see. I don't know if that's the case. I think you might be talking out of your ass with that one.
1: No, that's that is legit. Uh, S- South Dakota, S- South Dakota, Jerry Dakota, Meandering.
2: Yeah, but South Dakota became a state when?
1: Well, I think back then it just was for for conservative gerrymandering. Uh I'll I'll, I'll, well, I'll I'll find you. Actually, I actually was just reading something about this this morning, and I'll go back and find
2: it. Was it from a verifiable source, or was it from like left wing history? Hmm. I don't follow any of those
1: accounts. Yeah. It was. Uh, I'm sure it, w- it was some. It was some. Uh, it was some blue check, though. Obviously,
2: yeah. Like well, uh, admitted to the union November second, eighteen eighty nine, the fortieth state, South Dakota. So at the time, it wouldn't be. I guess conservative would be a much better way to say it because at the time, yeah.
1: I I, sh- I shouldn't have said I shouldn't have said Republican just for there to be more conservative senators.
2: And I mean, it would also, based on where it is in the country as well, you would just think that, I mean, that part of the country, the, you know, the upper Midwest just tends to go more conservative anyway, doesn't it? Like that entire region.
1: Right. So, but why does there need to be two, two states for, for a very low number of people?
2: I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking about like, why isn't California split into eight different states? Why isn't New York split into four different states? Like, I I don't know Uh, the reasons all behind this, but I'm sure there's a reason.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I've yeah, but like assuming those reasons to be I mean, what what is something you and I always say? Like people are just gonna act in their own self-interest. So so acting like uh those are acting like the motives would not be ulterior seems foolish, right?
2: Potentially so, but I'm very curious of like why the actual reason was. Uh let's see North and South now, Dakota you, you, were admitted to the union after after controversy over the location of the capital the Dakota territory was split into two so that actually kind of makes sense
1: All right I I got it I found it
2: What I found what, the Atlantic article what, So it's from the Atlantic all right so w- what is the thesis yeah. behind it The
1: thesis behind it is that uh it was part of a broader GOP effort to gerrymander the senate by admitting six thinly populated northwestern states in between 1880 and 1890 so yeah literally exactly what you said the northwestern states were going to be conservative states regardless so they might as well get as many senators there as possible
2: yeah but uh, if that was the gop type thing wouldn't at that time wouldn't the gop have been more of the left leaning party in the united states like wasn't that still the party of lincoln
1: uh Late here, this addition of 12 senators and 18 new electors to Electoral College was a deliberate strategy of late 19th century Republicans to stay in power after their swing toward big business cost them a popular majority. So no, that sounds sounds like no longer uh, the party of Lincoln to me. Again, though, I am not uh, a scholar of American history. This was literally just uh, an Atlantic article I read this morning.
2: All right, I'd want to... Deeper dive into that one to see what was really going on. Not that I, you know, now, now I'm kind of curious about it of why there are two Dakotas and what the political idea behind all that was and i'm sure that there was some sort of federal idea of because there's so many native tribes up in that area too that even cross over into canada at the same time that like trying to split them up geographically could hold power uh split them up into greater tribes that kind of way uh, you know disperse them out between boundaries is probably just some sort of strong arm by the government as well
1: correct yeah i mean just just if you just always assume uh ulterior or nefarious motives um how you, you how rare, how often are you going to be wrong
2: i mean so you probably be right most of the time i think yeah so that's oh, yeah. kind
1: of it's kind of where i'm at these days
2: so here here we are here are the four on my uh on my twitter feed right now here are the four things that are trending what's happening deshaun Wa-
1: they're the same
2: uh deshaun watson asked to be traded from the texans um, the Winklevoss, just Winklevoss in general. Bitcoin. They've been being dipshits, yeah. Bitcoin and the New York Times article of why is Wall Street obsessed Bitcoin with GameStop? Wall Street
1: obsessed with GameStop? So oh. ours are the same except for one.
2: What, what's your extra I
1: have, a, dip- one? I have a, a different business and finance trending,
2: Dogecoin. What the hell is Dogecoin?
1: It's a, it's a, a, a meme but it's another meme that Wall Street Bets is uh, is pumping right now because they're banned from the stock market.
2: Do you think it would be wise to gl- – like? because you're going to hear about three or four of these coming up in the next week or so, that this is the next stock that people are going to be pumping up. Like, these irrelevant stocks, uh, these brick-and-mortar yeah. places that have no real currency in today's world um, – that this is just going to trap a whole bunch of people into investing into really stupid things. And they're going to lose all their money.
1: Uh, yes, people are going to invest in a lot of uh, a lot of dumb stuff over the uh, over the next coming weeks because they they their friend told them. That they read in the Wall Street Bets Discord that this was the next one for sure.
2: You're you're correct. And, and Bitcoin is going to be a big proponent of this only because, like you and I have been having these conversations for two years. Like you own a bunch of Bitcoin, uh, producer Paul, he owns a bunch of Bitcoin. I own zero. Bitcoin. And now I feel really stupid Mm -hmm. that I don't own Bitcoin after everyone was like, oh, it went from 4,000 to 10,000. Just like, no, it's going to keep going up. So, yeah, sure it is. Then it keeps going up. And now I'm left holding the bag, but I didn't want to invest into it. Only because I didn't quite understand it. I didn't want to invest in something I didn't understand. I don't understand why any of this stuff is going up realistically and how the influences are going into it. So I'm not going to own any shares of it. But I think that people who feel like they missed out with Bitcoin because their friend told them like two years ago, hey, you should invest in Bitcoin, uh, and then they didn't do it, are going to feel the need to get in because their friend is now telling them, oh, you got to invest in, I don't know like I said, like blockbuster stocks or something stupid like that. And then people are going to feel that, oh, I missed out the first time. They're going to have FOMO get in. It's just not going to work out because that's usually how this stuff plays out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel I feel for those people who are, who are going to have the FOMO. My, my thing to them would just be just, just buy Bitcoin instead. Or if you demand to be invested in the S&P 500, create a wealth front account and just put your money there
2: okay there we are davis matic i'm going to be doing a prop show as well with cust and jeff we should do dueling prop shows to see who hits more props uh
1: you you guys will hit more we we just love we love all the uh all the terrible
2: ones you realize that i'm talking like all... you realize that cust is on my show right he bets on the fucking yeah, coin flip true. every year and then calls it free money <laughs>
1: Is, uh, is Cust like, is he even someone you can talk to these days with, uh, with the potential incoming of Deshaun Watson to the Jets or is, has he just completely lost his
2: mind? He's completely lost his mind, but he's pretending like he's keeping it together. And it's pretty funny. Like he, he feels like he's being very reserved, but he's not like, it's all, but he's not at all. Not at all. But he thinks he's keeping it together, which makes it even funnier. Um, So it'll be fun to have him back on the show next week now that the Jets are the current betting favorites for Deshaun Watson, which is just going to be hilarious when they don't end up getting him and then Miami gets him and then he'll say that Deshaun Watson was never good anyway and he never wanted him because that's usually what happens to Tim in these circumstances. But you know, the the stuff that he bets on, because he always he always tries to bet on the coin toss. And he's like, oh, heads. Heads is free money or tails is free money this year. But when you bet on the coin toss at the Super Bowl, it's like, oh yeah, you got to bet like minus 105 or minus 110 on it. I was like, why don't you just flip me for a hundred bucks so that way neither of us are paying VIG. He's like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's it's really stupid.
1: He's, he's, gotta, he's gotta beat the bookie.
2: It just that that stuff doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's just a complete fundamental misunderstanding of odds.
1: Well that's kind of Tim's bit though, right?
2: That is his bit, but you'd think at some point he'd want to you know pay less Vig.
1: No, he he that like that's literally his entire bit. Yeah. I guess like, he should he, like if he if he ever started to understand basic things like that he would be much less entertaining
2: he would what if he got like what if there was just a flip like we started a football show next year and all of a sudden cuss was super sharp
1: i think people would hate it
2: i think it would I, be an interesting read like it would have to be a complete 180 though it couldn't be like somewhere in between it would have to be from like what Cust is now to warren sharp
1: <laughs> yeah that's the only way that it would be any good and i still have a sense that people would hate it
2: yeah, people, people would be pretty triggered by that. But that's, that's the part of Tim. Like, he, he triggers people. Yeah, he triggers
1: people. That's what he does. So you just got to let it
2: happen, I guess. Yeah. All right. Thanks, yeah. everyone, for tuning All in. All right, man. Davis, thanks for being on. Yeah. People should go subscribe to the TakeCast. Uh, who did you have on this week? I had on
1: Kevin Cole from Pro Football Focus. We, we talked a lot of football stuff. But uh, he also, like you, not – not uh, a believer in in Top Shots.
2: Oh, really? So I, 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 It's funny that they're, I, I just, it's not necessarily that I'm not a believer in it, although I know that's how it sounded like I've come off. I just, I still don't quite understand it.
1: Yeah. He he was more along the lines of not a believer of like, this is not cool.
2: Well, no,
1: that's probably not fair. It's probably not fair to criticize him, to, to put it that way. It's just, he, he does not see the long-term value in it. He, he feels like Maybe there's some short-term money to be made.
2: I think I I would probably agree with that assessment more than this is going to be like super valuable five years from now. I think that's probably more the way that I'm leaning after we've kind of talked this through. But thank you for explaining all this stuff to me. I I hope that you explained it properly because I'll just sound like an idiot now. I
1: I... I, I hope I did too. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: that's always the fun of these shows. Um, Thank you very much. For tuning in, everyone, subscribe to Davis's TakeCast. You can search that on Apple Podcasts. If you leave a five-star rating and review, along with your Twitter handle and or email address, on Apple Podcasts, you are in the draw for 100 American dollars. And Davis just told me he's going to give you one full Bitcoin if you go do it for his show. Is that correct? Uh,
1: not correct, but I'll, I won't say I won't do it. Okay, it's
2: possible. There There is a possible I will actually be giving away the $100 on Monday. I'll be drawing a winner. We'll be announcing that on the golf show with Jeff. So please go support the show in that realm. And that would be uh, I'd be very grateful for that. So thank you for supporting us. And thank you for when we mentioned on the last show that we imagine that there's one person out there that really enjoys when you and I do a show together. But I got like 50 responses that people really enjoy when you and I talk.
1: Yeah, they do. They love it. Uh, God, God help them. God knows why. But, you know, you, you guys all make it possible for uh, for Pat and I to do this show. So so we bigly appreciate it.
2: Huge. It's very people say it's very great. we Trump impressions. They do. Are That's Trump, what they say. Are Trump impressions going to become like the new Borat?
1: Uh, no, man. I mean, when's the last time you even thought about Donald Trump until that moment right there?
2: I don't know. I I gotta say, I still like doing the the impression. It's one of my favorite things. But I still like the Borat and yeah, no, I just latch onto these the, things. The the
1: impression is funny, but I I really think that just no one cares. I I really think that is where we are. I I really think that's where we're at. Is people are just like you know what? We're we're over. Uh, the Donald Trump period in our life.
2: Does that mean that in two years time, if there's rumblings about him running to be the Republican nominee again, and like going through the primaries and everything like that, that people are not going to be interested in Donald Trump? Or is it just going to go back to the way that it was?
1: It's very hard to say with those people, man, the, the Trump people, like, but, but, who, but, like literally, but, but it's, knows not, but what it's, motivates not, it's them. not
2: just the Trump people, like the just general interest in Trump. And like to say that it was just Trump yeah. people, that's one thing, but also whether it was Fox news or CNN or M- MSNBC, they got ratings because Trump was saying crazy shit throughout the primary season. The first time running for president, being president, like he was a ratings machine. You don't think that they're going to like glom onto him again.
1: You know that it just ended so poorly. You know, police officers getting murdered and stuff. Like, I, I just, I just don't know. I don't. Know. I feel like I, I'm gonna place my trust in in the American people. Good, and, good luck. Uh, uh, you, you, we've yeah, now taken shit. the reverse stance. <laughs> yeah. As I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, Davis, where are you? Of course, of course, they're just gonna welcome him back with open arms, and it's gonna be a nightmare.
2: Oh, once they start printing money because the ad revenue is up and people are tuning in again after yeah. no one cares about Joe Biden. Absolutely. Yeah. No,
1: you're you're you, you couldn't be more correct. He's gonna be welcomed back uh, with open arms.
2: Yeah. Well, there's a fun That's note. To, there, there's a fun note to leave it on. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME on Twitter. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network, leave the rating and review, and I'll be back on Sunday with a first look for golf. And it's Super Bowl week. We got a ton of golf waste management with limited fans, not a crazy amount of fans. So jam packed week on the show. Stay tuned. Man, experience. Experience.